Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you so much for your love, your mercy. I pray that you may be with us as we learn about your creation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, well, very good. Um, I was going to say it's a little warm here, but I haven't been in these temperatures for a long time, for the last few months. Um, very good. So, yes, welcome, welcome. Um, in the next, the next few classes, uh, next two days, I will we, we will be discovering basic principles and as well um, how to grow tomatoes, how to manage greenhouses, um, and how to really understand um, how to grow these tomatoes, how to manage the greenhouse to get it to a production level that you can take pictures from your greenhouse the same way that you've seen them in those huge commercial greenhouses that there's like lots of tomatoes, but yet yours are just full of flavor, healthy, and um, and taste really good, not just you know the one you buy at the store. So, um, so we will be diving into uh, growing tomatoes uh, and as well dealing with greenhouses. So. Um, in the past uh, 10 years, I would say 10, 15 years, um, I've been applying some methods and techniques unknowingly um, that has really helped me in growing uh, anything, but in particular greenhouses. So I will give you this, what I call the six elements of success. And the six elements of success is what I found that... Um, will if, if if you have this six it will help you grow anything really really well but of course when applying two tomatoes this is what will help you as well so let's start going right away into the six elements of success and of course um later on we'll be um dissecting more more some of these elements so um Welcome. Let's see if you uh, okay. All right. So the first one is the sun, and and just just uh, um, before I, I continue here, um, a lot of you know farmers and and local growers they we tend to focus on one aspect of growing. So. I will be mentioning six of them, but all of them, in my mind, are as equal, uh, are as important, very equally important. So, um, so let's start with the sun. So, the sun is something that sometimes we don't take in consideration. I was uh, visiting a family member in California recently, and they were saying, "Oh, my things aren't doing too well, and I think because of the soil is poor." And I say, I think your soul is pretty good. The thing is, is that you 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 have a lot of shade. Um, you know, you're not you're you're not getting the full amount of sun. You're not really taking um, that um, aspect into consideration. So sometimes we may have a great soil, and we still struggle with disease. We still struggle with uh, growth, with plant performance, and that is simply because we don't have enough enough sun and there's one variety in particular that comes to mind of tomatoes 
and that it requires a minimum of 13 hours of sunlight. So let's say you're planting that variety, you went online and you got that ver variety and you started your first rotation like early in the season in your greenhouses, let's say you started them in March when you still have nine hours of sunlight. You may have a great greenhouse, the most expensive greenhouse that you can buy, a great soil, you can have great watering system, the best fertilizers out there. And, and you will now see full results of that tomato because you have you don't have the right amount of sun. Does that that make sense? All right. So um, one note as well. If you have any questions, please write it down. And then at the end, I'm hoping to finish about 15 minutes early, so we can just um, that way we don't have to deal with me repeating questions and things like that. So. Um, but nonetheless, so that's, that's, one of the, that's, that's one of the aspects. Another thing that um, the sun has a huge implications when it comes to growing things is that in the spring, the amount of sunlight is increasing. So, for example, once you start in growing in February, March, you have nine hours of sunlight. And every day, the amount of sunlight increases by, by, by the seconds, by the minutes. And you can see that on on every Friday it's like it's getting later and later and later and later so basically right now when it comes after after December 25th which is the shortest day uh, is it 25th or 24th? 21st okay yeah so after the 21st um, meaning the 22nd 23rd now you start the growing season so right so the Sun starts to grow and now the plants in the springs are like, hey, we're getting more sunlight, things are warming up, and then the bioactivity in the soil starts activating, and you have all this uh, repercussion just because of the sun is increasing that you're not getting in the fall. So somebody asked me recently, hey, what should I do with my broccoli? It has a lot of aphids. And I said, just plant it again in March, and don't worry about the aphids, you won't have any because the amount of microactivity in the soil, the amount of sunlight, the plants will be happy. The, you know, the immune system of that plant will be through the roof and, and, and you're going to have great, great crops. So that's why like fall planting, for example, and a little bit of winter growing can be a little hard at times and it's just simply because not enough sun. So let's keep going here with the second one. And this is air. Uh, this is oxygen. And um, when, it, when it comes to this one, you may not take this one in consideration, but if you're having, for example, a lot of fungus problem in your plants, your garden, your location may not have a lot of airflow. Uh, if you, for example, we are sur surrounded by a lot of trees right now, and if you put a greenhouse like in this area, it might, it might struggle a little, or your garden might struggle a little, because there is not enough wind pushing through and so that's you know you might be like saying okay how do i control this fungus it's like the first thing you need to control is like where you're planting things um of course some of us can't change that but in our if we haven't bought property we can look for these things and if we bought property then we need to look for these things in our property uh where where it could be uh, convenient so welcome all right, so our third is water, and uh, this is a big one here. 
Um, drainage. When it comes to um, root fungus and as well, plant performance has to do a lot with your um, watering and as well how much your soil retains the water. Um, I remember one time uh, back, I, I used to work at Watchtower Hills Academy in college, and one of the greenhouses didn't have, um, didn't have drip system. And it was all watering by hand. I watered by hand, and um, lettuce there would get bitter. And at the end of April, you know, it was getting warmer here in the south, and um, I was having bitter lettuce, and and things were not doing well. The soil was very sandy, it, um, and it will, will will create a crust very easy. And the other greenhouses I had. Um, drip system so I changed the drip system and it's interesting once the soil was not dry all the time once they have proper moisture once the water went deep enough the structure of the soil changed right away I mean you you would think that I put a different soil there in the past I remember the previous farmer told me that they used to add um, uh, triple 13 which is a, just a synthetic fertilizer with lots of salts and they would have to take the plastic off every summer to let some of that water, uh, the rains and stuff, kind of leach it through. And, and it's interesting, after I added the drip system and I never had to take the uh, plastic off, I never dealt with salt uh, problems. The soil, the texture was better because simply you never want your soil to go bone dry. But at the same time, you don't want your soil to not drain. And so that's, and that's, that's huge. And, and the thing is, is that, okay, why, why watering properly has huge implications. And the thing is, is that worms, microorganisms, all these things, they don't live in dry soil or sandy soil as, as much as, you know, um, um, heavy soil or things that, you know, will uh, be better for them. So, just by simply changing the drips, uh, the watering system in the greenhouse improved greatly. And so, all right, the uh, six elements you have: soil nutrition, and this is where a lot of us you really get get caught up into. You know, okay, the the right soil and all these things, uh, but just having a good soil as much as your possibilities, uh, as much as you can. Um, one of the things with soil is that I always say if you have a sandy soil, you add compost. If you add a clay soil, you add compost too. And, and if you want extra soil, you add compost. I mean, you know, organic matter, compost to your soil is the answer. And uh, I won't be talking about compost here, but I'll just tell you a couple of things. The thing is about compost and, and, and organic matter, the reason it works so well is because it has microorganisms and as well, it contributes, it adds foods to the microorganisms that already are in the soil. So, and the thing is, one thing is to understand, and you'll, you'll hear me talk about microorganisms uh, throughout the class, and it is basically what makes those nutrients available in the soil. So without microorganisms, your soil test could show a bunch of things, but they may not be available. And so, and that's what makes your nutrients available in the soil. 
So if you have a sandy soil that has all these minerals, that has a bunch of nitrogen and all these things, but yet your microorganisms are low, then you're not going to basically be doing as well just because there's not, you know, I, I always say I'm a big rice eater, right? So I, I say, you know, the rice is in the kitchen, but if it's not cooked, it's not available, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so basically is is the same way, you know, your soil can be full of nutrient, but if it's not available for the plant to absorb, it's, it's not ready. <laughs> so, um, all right. The next one, and this one I could spend the rest of the class and the rest of the week here talk about it, talking about this one. But this is perhaps, if I have to put a, the most important one on the list out of the six will be timing. And, and this is something that I've been added and learning and really um, perfecting. Uh, and this is actually, this point here was what led me to come up to, to put this six together. Because you see, for, for, for many years, people have, have asked me, it's like, how can you grow such, you know, great things? And I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just, you know, so, but timing was always top of my list. And the thing is, is that in, in gardening and, and farming, it's, it's very complex. It's, it's, it's a set of complexity and a, and, a, and a set of parameters that you need to follow. And it's interesting um, Ellen White has a, an amazing quote, said something that is very interesting that I've, I've never heard in public. It says, no one can succeed in agriculture or gardening without attention to the laws involved. And he says that the special needs of every variety of plant must be studied. So sometimes we think of one, one plant, one tomato, and it's, oh yeah, I can apply it to everything. So basically, there are when I when I read this, I said, "Oh, there are laws involved, right?" And so we, you know, like we follow ten commandments and things like that. And so, what are these laws, right? So and so basically, right here, if broccoli um, or cabbage, a lot, a lot of people, especially when they're starting, they struggle to grow nice broccoli. And they come and ask me, you know, my broccoli isn't doing too well. What's happening? And I say, well, it's August. It's the middle of the summer. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you should be growing okra, you know. <laughs> so, so um, and basically, one thing that we need to understand is that there are season and times. So now we, you, we go to the grocery store and there is avocado every single day of the week, every single day of the year, right? Like tomatoes, they're there. Broccoli, cabbage is like somehow Walmarts or, you know, Sprouts try to figure it out in Costco how to have that stuff there all the time. But that's not the reality when it comes, when you look at gardening, when you look at farmers, when you look at things. So um, I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. And, and it's interesting that during mango season, we ate a lot of mangoes. I mean, it was something I mean, we, 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 we would take entire days sometimes, and, and you probably know about it. And so, and uh, that's all we ate. But it was only like for two, three months, and then it was done. And uh, I know this is not a nutritional class, but um, one thing that they're finding out now that the season, since we ate like that, like changing the foods throughout the year, it's actually so healthy for you and your gut and stuff. So anyways, 
Back to the greenhouses here. Um, so timing, 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 timing has been a huge thing for me. And uh, I, I, again, I could explain a lot more about this, but um, I went to Paraguay and it was my first time there um, ever. And I was actually there trying, um, helping a, a friend that is a farmer. They grow acreage and acreage of soybeans and, and cassava and other things. Um, so I was there to do uh, some consulting for them. And um, he was asking me about the garlic, right? It's like, okay, um, you know, my garlic didn't do well. What did I do wrong? And I said, when do you plant the garlic? So basically he planted the garlic in um, October, which down there is the beginning of summer. And I said, you need to plant them. And I didn't know much about it. I mean, it's my first time, my head being upside down. So I really don't, you know, so I said, okay, when does the cold starts here? And he tells me it starts about April, May. And I said, okay, well, then you need to start it a month before that comes. And then sh sure enough, I mean, few, six months later, he's like, he sent me a picture of this great garlic and I'm like, praise the Lord, you know? So, and I, all I changed was the time. And so, there, I mean, I didn't, I didn't talk to him about soil nutrition. I didn't talk about any of that stuff. It was just change the time. I didn't talk about not even variety, any of that. So, um, and, and what I found is that these principles, I worked in, in Arkansas and now in Colorado, and I have a, a friend as well that um, I wish he could have come and teach this class. He's in uh, South Carolina right now. And we really work the same way, and he's having great success the first year because there are principles that doesn't matter where you are in the world, they still work just as good, you know? I mean, the Ten Commandments are like, it doesn't matter where you go, right? So, um, timing. Let me check my time here. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, care. Um, care, care. You know... The um, it says here um, the quote that I was reading earlier says different varieties require different soil and cultivation and compliance with the laws go governing each is the condition of success. The attention required in transplanting that not even a, a root fiber shall be crowded or misplaced. The care of the young plants, the pruning and the watering. So basically, it's interesting that when, and this is very true for tomatoes, right? And this is a tomato class, so I'll be talking about a lot of tomatoes. Um, I found that if, if you prune properly, you will have really good success with your tomatoes. I remember when I was learning how to prune, and um, uh, if you can see here, this greenhouse, this picture, uh, you see tomato leaves all the way, it's almost to the floor, right? All the way up. And um, by the way, those tomato plants are about 20 feet tall already. And if you notice, there's tomatoes on the floor. We just finished laying the tomatoes, and I'll explain that later. Um, but basically, um, I remember seeing, let me show you the previous picture here. So if you notice, you can see some tomatoes here, right? So... I, I remember seeing pictures like that. So when I first started pruning, right from the beginning, I used to cut all the leaves of the tomatoes and, and leave just, just the top. 
And I'm like, so, you know, because that's why I saw in pictures, right? But my tomatoes weren't doing too well. And then I said, okay, I, I probably that's not a good idea. So, um, and then I learned more and more, of course. This was in my early days, like a long time ago. So, 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 so basically when it comes, and I'll explain about pruning later, but pruning properly when it comes to, to tomatoes can increase your yield big, big, big time and the fruit size as well. So proper care from the beginning, um, it's big. Welcome. Do we have a seat looks like here and I have some here in the front row. So, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. So just a quick recap. Talked about the sun, air, water, soil nutrition, time, and care. Uh, those are what I found that are the six elements to success. And it is, it is interesting that sometimes we focus perhaps just on one or two. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've you know, ever heard the importance of proper air or proper sun in your in your in your garden but it could be a huge game changer it is um, I was I was talking earlier about the the um, the timing and that's something that um, I've I found that it's 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 perhaps just just the top of the five learning how to when to plant your things and um, just to expand on that a little more before I open it for questions and um, is that basically one of the things I found is that zoning, uh, you know, U.S. have zones 5, 5B and 7. It's, it's so far from accurate as, as far as when it comes to garden and knowing the date because um, for plantings, I found that you need to be on time, like on on time. It's not just like a week a week late and a week early can mean the difference. Um, it, it's not about I I remember, and as I was studying this, you know sayings um, like this growing up, especially back in back in Dominican and and actually growing in the in the country, I would visit friends that lived a very country um, uh, way out in the country. You know, they were farmers. And it's interesting, they were like, you know, they would look at the moon or one day they would wake up and be like, I need to plant corn this week, you know. And they knew, you know, I need to plant corn this week. And, and you can see throughout the U.S. and of course, um, all of you are, have planted something. When it's time to plant things, you need to plant. You need to plant it. I I remember in in Arkansas. I wish I had a board here to explain this better. But um, in Arkansas, and a lot of in part of the South happens. Something happens that it's quite interesting with tomatoes. It's too cold in the winter to grow tomatoes, right? But in the summer, it's too hot for tomatoes to set the fruit. Right. So basically, let me use this as an illustration. This is your timeline, right? So you only have this right here. Basically, just about three weeks for your tomatoes to ripen 
in the summer when it comes to Arkansas at least and and a lot of the south um, you have three weeks max four weeks if your tomatoes aren't ripening here you are you're not gonna have a good a good tomato crop um, I remember um, one one incident that that happened um, to, uh, to 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 someone that I know, and that is that planted the seedlings and basically went on vacation and the seedlings died. And when it came back, it was too late to start seedlings. And basically, the seed, he, ended, he ended up starting the seedlings again, but then missed the mark for production. And so on time is key. I, I, I have a friend that, you know, when it's gardening season when it's farm season if you come to Eden Valley from March all the way till August you will find me there for sure um, and and that's one of the things because I don't leave the farm when it, when it's time to plant is planting season and um, I make sure that that happens um, so some weeding it's important and you need to weed as soon as possible but when it comes to planting, you can't, you can't miss it. So uh, one of the things that I, when it, when, it, when it comes to planting this, is that what I do is that with things, for example, in Colorado, the last frost date, and not in Larimer County, not in Loveland, the city of Loveland, not in, fives, in 5B. This is the last frost date for Eden Valley, not my neighbors, my neighbor has another last frost date. And when I say last frost date, it's not about, uh, oh, it changes every year. No, this is the last, historically, last possible day of a frost. And I remember the planting schedule was done at Eden Valley by Wheatmar and, and um, Steve, Steve Myers. And, and they, they did a long time ago, like in the 90s. And in that planting schedule, it says the last... Frost day is May 21, I mean May 22nd. And two years ago, our last snow of the year was May 21st. And it was nice and warm, it was beautiful, and uh, suddenly four inches of snow. The interesting part is that after May 22nd, which is the last predicted frost date, we didn't have a frost after that. And so, and it's been like that for a long time. Now, this is for Eden Valley, not for my neighbors that live three miles down the road. Uh, I, I, we, we have um, a, uh, a volunteer that lives about three miles, and, uh, and she says, yeah, I had a frost today, or I already had a frost, and, you know, and we're like, no, not frost here yet, or, or the other way around. So, um, for Eden Valley, May 22nd is the last frost day. So, when it comes to planting my watermelon, my squash, cucumbers, tomatoes outside, May 22nd or May 23rd, I will be out there planting. If it's Friday, I'll be there. If it's Sunday, even though I don't work, I go there and plant on Sunday if, if that's the day that hits it. Because that's... And, and a lot of people, even in the area, still ask me, man, I can't believe you guys have watermelon already. Or I can't believe you have this. Or your stuff looks amazing. And we're probably planting the same variety and, and doing the same stuff, but... You were sleeping that day, and I was planting. <laughs> so, so that's the only difference. You see, there's, there's no, 
um, there's no magic to it. It's just there are certain parameters and, and elements that have to aspect to certain laws that are to be followed. And I mean, it, the, 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 the success is incredible. Um, so and one thing I, I want to emphasize as well when it comes to care um, is that I want to include there as well the variety. Um, the variety that you use is, is important as well. Um, and, you know, you ask around in the area. I remember in Arkansas, in that area where I was, it's like everybody was big beef, you know. Uh, no, uh, ce celebrity. That was the tomato celebrity. It's not the top-notch flavor tomato, but that's what grew there. So I remember my first year, I asked around, and that's what it was, and um, I planted celebrity. And guess what? I had great results. And uh, people were like, oh, man, what happened? Uh, you, you know, you had great results. It's your first year here. How come you could do that? It's like, I didn't do it. I just followed somebody else's advice. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's very, very important. So these are the six elements of success that I found. Sun, quite, I mean, huge, huge uh, repercussion when it comes to your garden. Air, water, um, soil nutrition, time, and care. So uh, we're going to open this to questions. So this sums up right here for Audioverse. Sums up our lecture right now. Yes. Uh, I have a question about uh, sunlight. You mentioned uh, particularly with tomatoes you need uh, Can you compensate with artificial light? Okay. So very good. And um, so can you pretty much compensate artificial light with sunlight? In some aspect, yes, in others, no. So let, let me explain that part. So at Eden Valley, we used to grow wheatgrass in, inside a room with artificial lights, you know, air circulation, everything, right? We did very well. Um, but when we grow wheatgrass in the greenhouse, um, the nutritional value went up. And so because you can add the light, but you can't add what the sun gives to the plants. And so, yes, and that's a really good important, that's a good question. Um, you know, one thing that I believe, um, and this is probably like, you know, some farmer says, I believe strong in this, and this is mine right here. You ready for this? I do not like to force nature. You know, so... Um, you know, some people say, I, I'm going to, and sorry if I, if I, you know, colliding with your idea here, but it says, I want to grow bananas and oranges and, uh, in my greenhouse and, you know, they live in Colorado, right? And that's great. I mean, I think that's a great idea and anybody that can and want to do it go for it. But, you know, why not grow really good apples, really good peaches, really good nectarines that does very well there. And if you want tropical fruit, move to the tropics, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or go on vacation there or something. And so because farming, that's one thing. Gardening, it's already hard. So try to favor yourself in a place that grows well. You know, I remember uh, uh, and, and, I, and this is what I say to a lot of people especially when they're trying to find land it's like you know they're trying to move to the country to garden and to 
you know, live a sustainable lifestyle, and then they buy one of the worst property in town for that. It's like, yeah, you're going off-roading in a sedan. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. This is the intro, beginning of setting the stage. Yes. On Thursday, you've got. Is that going to be a lot of overlap? Oh, um, there. So the one that will be overlapping it for the beginners. Like if you've, yeah, don't come to the beginner ones. It, it will be a little bit, maybe. I, I don't know, but it will be all about tomatoes, greenhouses. That's what they asked me to teach. So. <laughs> Yeah, of course, here I will be giving, and like I said, like last night, there, were several, there are several details that I've never shared because somehow I don't even know how to share it. So, but now this, I'm, I'm going to turn every stone when it comes to, you know, turning tomatoes, uh, I mean, um, uh, growing tomatoes and, and working inside the greenhouses. And like this six elements, for example, you guys are the first time hearing about it. Yes, I've, I've never shared with anybody, really. Yes? Uh, what percent shade class would you suggest here in the South, you know, flowers? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of what point would you put it on if that's the case? Yeah. Um, shade cloth. Or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I haven't had success with shade cloth. Um, green tomatoes like full sun. They don't like shade. Um, and if they're in the shade, your fruit set and your fruit uh, growth and, and performance on the tomatoes, it won't be the same. And so what I, w- what I would recommend is going back to the timing. Um, is that that's one thing that, like, for example, working at Eden Valley has really impressed, you know, like taught me a lot. And that is, is that when you, t- farming is about a season, you find the best season and you really maximize that and you will do really well. So you want to grow tomatoes, for example, there um, at uh, Wildwood, right? Um, you know, start your tomatoes in, in there like mid-January. You know, warm it up for a couple of months and then by July when it gets really steaming and hot, you've had three months worth of amazing tomato production and after that then you know look look pictures you know it's like wow i had a nice greenhouse (laughs) so and then in the fall you can come back at it again i mean you know so or once the plants are established you know you can let in the heat they will struggle a little bit but you will have some tomatoes to eat or, or to sell you know so um yeah and if you have a well um, in the south, this only works with well because the water is really cold from down there. If you have an evaporating system, you can you can you know you can cool your greenhouse with that. So, like in Colorado, it gets pretty warm in the in this in the in the summer. Of course, they had great advantage that we have there. Then in the evening, it drops. I mean, we had 50s and 60s every single night. Um, so we I've never seen 70s at night there. Um, so, so yeah, in this, in that area, and then I will just push it until the end of August. And, and so, yeah, very, very good question. That's the shade cloth. Now that is when it comes to tomatoes, other vegetables and things like that, of course you can play with it. But I think 
Um, yeah, shade cloth, again, I'm not an expert on the side. I'll tell you from right here. So, uh, so if there's somebody else that has experience, you can ask them, yes. No shade cloth, what about sunscald? Sun's what? Sunscald. I've never heard of that. What is that? Like the sun burning the tomatoes, the, the fruits, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> so, if the tomatoes are getting sunburned, you don't have a proper growth on your tomato. Because you should have enough foliage on your tomatoes that it should cover your tomatoes. Yeah. Now... One thing, like here in, in, in the picture that I show, and I'm not sure what happened here. Um, in the picture that I showed early, it's right there, it's yeah, um, if you notice, I have a lot, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a lot of tomatoes down there, and these are cherry tomatoes, um, and we just finished lowering them. If you notice, I didn't prune any leaves. I, I left all my leaves there. Uh, one thing, uh, that I'll be sharing more about later about pruning is that you don't want to prune so much. Yes, you prune the leaves and you prune heavily at certain points, but you want to keep a good foliage because that's how the plant breathes. That's how they absorb oxygen. That's how they absorb nutrients. You know, I, I, I uh, apply my, my fertilizer through foliage application uh, every week. So, and we'll, and we'll talk about that later. But, um, but, but basically... This foliage right here helps to, to, to cover that, and you shouldn't have then sunburn. Um, yeah. Now, just a quick question. Uh, I do prune my tomatoes when they're almost ready to, to ripe so that the sun hits and it helps the ripening process. But if the sun is hitting it from, for, you know, throughout their growth season, that's when they, that's when they have that problem. Yes. When you talk about timing, is it a greenhouse uh, concept of extending your growth season? So how does that fit? Correct. Yeah, so, but even the greenhouse are subject to that uh, because, for example, like, unless you have uh, fake lighting, right, grow lights, <laughs> uh, unless you have that, you're still affected by the sun, by the amount of hours that you get out of, out of the daylight. You know the daylight, yes. So, so basically, greenhouses are season extender. Uh, that's something that um, you know I try to explain as well uh, for anybody that asks me about greenhouses. It's not like you can grow in the greenhouses all the time. Yes, you can, and especially if you live in an area. I mean, anywhere you live, you can grow. Like right now, I have some cilantro and kale and chard growing in the greenhouse in Colorado. And, you know, I wait till they, they're not frozen. And then I go midday and cut my cilantro. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, that's, that's and, and it's great. You can grow great in greenhouses. But uh, when it comes to, there are, there are certain crops, and this is when care comes into place with a variety. There are certain varieties that perform better in the winter, others in the summer. Uh, so you look for those characteristics, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Very good question. So, one aspect about that I want to mention now, when it comes to air circulation, that I felt to mention is that 
er, um, er in a in in a greenhouse and even a hoop house, right? Um, I like to put fans. All my greenhouses have fans, and even when I build hoop houses that have roll-up system, I still put fans, and that is because proper air circulation it is key, uh, even to grow lettuce and cilantro. Um, I don't know if you've been inside a greenhouse, a hoop house, in the morning, and there's like a mist there, or like kind of kind of like a fog there sitting in your plants. Um, you you want that stuff off your plants fast. It's good that they sit overnight, but it, but if you notice, our, our, our nature, as soon as the sun hits it, there is a morning breeze, it, it, it takes it off. So you, you want that dude to sit there, but not for too long. So... Uh, Uh, these, I'm, I'm sorry, say that one more time. Uh, they can be, it can be closed. So in a greenhouse where the air is, you know, when the temperature is basically uh, regulated, you will have closed, they'll be closed. Now, even in Colorado, for example, when it's 15 degrees outside, if, if it's full sun, which we have a lot of sun, it will still get 85 degrees, 90 degrees in there. So my vents will open. Uh, and I have automatic vents. That's what I'm saying. They will open. It will just open. And my vents opens at 68 degrees. Yeah, that's when they, that's when they open up. The fans that will kick on at 90 degrees. And then we'll drop it to 80 and uh, yeah, it will keep it there. Uh, you have, yes. Um, can you talk about like how you calculate your carbon dioxide in the greenhouse? Uh, say that one more time. Like when you're planting them outside, you use your last frost day. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, what do you go by for your planting day when you're planting in the greenhouse? Yeah. Yeah, very good. So basically, um, t t tomatoes really like that nine about 10 hours of sunlight regardless of the variety um, so once you achieve that then you can start now the other thing is is that like like Colorado I found that um, planting your greenhouse your plant inside the greenhouse in March the end of March it's it's pretty good now that is because the ground's still frozen. I mean, it's still very, very hard. Um, so like in Colorado, we have about four, four feet of freeze. Um, so now to answer that question specific, specifically that you can grow, I mean, that you can apply everywhere. Basically, as soon as um, you see stuff growing outside, like the dandelions and things like that and other um, plants, then that means the, the soil is kind of warming up, that inside the greenhouse, your tomatoes will do really well. So like, uh, without heat in the greenhouse, you have to wait until like three weeks before the last frost without heat. Three, three, four weeks, it depends where you are because tomatoes will handle a frost inside your hoop house. And that's where uh, the season extender 
uh, you know, the siege, the, having a benefit of a greenhouse really comes into play because you can escape some of that, some, 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 some of those freeze. Yes, uh, I'm not sure if I answered that question. Let me answer this one first. Uh, do you eat graft tomatoes or do you just use varieties that don't, aren't subject to um, diseases? And I have one other question. Uh, go for it. Uh, is there any validity to the farmer's almanac? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, the first one. So, grafting tomatoes is, is, is really good. Um, now, you, you have to really learn it because it's, it's quite tricky. You need to have the right size of stem. Um, different varieties grow at a different pace. <laughs> They grow a little, so, so sometimes you really have to know uh, because if your rootstock, for example, get too big or your zion, which is the top, gets too, it's a little complex. Now, it's interesting, one fact that I found is that um, when your fertilizer and the six elements are present, your tomatoes will do so well. Um, I mean, it will do, I'll talk about later about plants you know in terms of how they produce uh when it comes to switching to different fertilizers but basically like uh i'll show you a picture later of later of my uh, like brandy wine for example which is an heirloom and i mean <laughs> yeah it's in, it's crazy so if you have these six elements and a good soil nutrition you perhaps don't need to graft uh for me Grafting, it's great, but it's 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 not it's not what I do. Um, yeah, I mean the rootstocks are very expensive, and I'm getting great results. So, yeah. Uh, your other question is the farmer's almanac. Um, it is accurate, but there's one few things you need to understand that it is for several states. So, for example, it said that in the you know north central state there will be a storm in January, right? I mean, it said 18 months ago, but where, where I was, there was no snow. <laughs> About two hours, you know, uh, uh, east uh, towards Kansas, they were getting it for sure. And includes Kansas, the north central states. So that's one thing to understand. And, uh, and again, the last frost date in the Farmer's Almanac, it's based on by, by zone and things like that. Now, there's one, if you dig deeper, they have freeze temperature by altitude. And that's, and that's fairly accurate yes and so again I'm not a big big almanac guy but I do follow I like to look at the farmer's almanac for like what's gonna happen in the overall picture of things um, yeah so like for example if it's gonna be a wet summer is it gonna be a wet spring it, you know and and I look for patterns and things like that so it's a good thing that you mentioned that. I want, I want to say something about the timing, just an example as well. Um, so I said that my, tomato, my, um, my seeds had to be planted May 20. Do you guys remember? May 22nd, right? And so my, my squash and watermelons and things. Now, what does that mean for... As a, as a farmer, right? What does that mean? Does it mean that I wake up? Oh, yeah, it's May 22nd. I should go and till my soil and prep the beds. And is that what I'm going to do on May 22nd? Uh, no. So, and this is when, for example, 
having like a planting schedule and setting it up this way where you understand your your freeze and things like that will help you because you say hey may 22nd i need to plant all things i need to have my bed ready and then you start looking at your weather and this that happened this this past year that in april it was snowing and raining and snowing and wet cold i mean i could not get in that soil and basically by beginning of may we had one week that was dry well the soil is wet so i need to let it dry right and then i go and check with my shovel i go in the field because i before i go with my tractor and prep four acres uh, um, i need to check the condition of the soil go with my shovel check this thing out really good squeeze it uh, it's a little clumpy still especially down there in colorado we have heavy soil so you have to be if you have heavy soil be careful with that stuff because it will it will trick you you have to make sure that down there it's it's dry enough so you need to have um so no not yet not yet and then i see that um it was on a thursday was going to snow and it was coming about eight inches of snow a wet snow so it will it will wet that soil for sure and so thursday was coming tuesday was not dry enough wednesday was not dry enough in the morning and i checked but then i had a gap and that was wednesday afternoon that it was pretty good so then i prep uh, my my garden beds and then it snowed and the snow stay i didn't have a chance basically to make beds and things like that until like the last week of may which would have been late for me to plant and so that's why i'm saying like this is is perhaps the, the biggest one because and that's what separates success from failure in the farm when it comes to this stuff because basically how many how many hours i had to prep my beds four hours basically because you know it gets late and the next morning there's a snowstorm so i had four hours in the spring gap that if i wasn't paying attention and i didn't know when it was coming then it would happen what would happen with the next door farmer that he's always late and always complaining uh all oh, this weather and you know everybody complains about the weather right but you know yeah you miss your time and so when that time is coming you know it's coming you you need to take advantage of that so that's that's why it's just just so important uh sorry you had a question yes sir oh um my question was you mentioned earlier that when you got to eden valley that you had a uh, planning schedule already set up mm -hmm. so how long could you estimate or the ballpark figure on how how many years if you were going to start from scratch how many years mm -hmm. would it take to do that or yeah yeah definitely you know i mean because there is a lot of trial and error yeah, so, so basically, again, I don't follow zones or anything. I look at that last frost state, average frost state. If I need to start, so let's say I lived in, in this area. Um, I says, what's the, what's the first average frost of this area? High Springs or whatever we are. Um, you know, and okay, it's, let's say it's um, November 30, right? So then I put that as a, as, a, as, a, as a mark, which means that if I'm doing a full crop of watermelon, I need to have those watermelons ready before November 30. And then, so I put that as a date. Let's say the last frost day, it's February 5. Uh, that's what they say. And then I plant my tomatoes after that. 
um, and then anything goes after that. Now, if there are changes that I see happening, then I change those things. If by any, by any chance I see a frost in February 6th instead of February 5th, then I change the date to February 6th. Um, and basically, it takes about three years to, to, to get it to the point. But if you really do your little research really well in your first and last frost date, you'll be pretty good. And then in the planting schedule, that's where I do my, um, my rotations right away. So for me, harvest time, the amount of time that I'm harvesting equals planting time. So if, I'm har if I harvest lettuce from the same plot for 15 days, that means every 15 days I'm planting lettuce and tomatoes. I'll, I'll talk about that later, yes. Um, sorry, you had a question there. Uh, the moon, that's, that's a good one, too. Um, you know, when I, when I lived in Dominican, we cut trees according to the moon and things like that. Uh, I find that, especially here in the U.S., when you follow, when there, there is um, time sensitivity in terms of the cold and the heat, that's what I follow here, and I haven't looked at the moon unless I'm just out and hiking and <laughs> out and looking. Now, I'm not saying it's, it's, you know, bogus or not good. I just haven't looked at it. Uh, now, with what I said, right? So in Dominican, I did follow the moon. Ready for this? <laughs> so basically, when the moon is full, things grow faster, right? You know, if you, if you live by the, by the coast or ocean, you understand that during full moon, and if you're a surfer, the waves are, are, are going pretty good. <laughs> and as well, um, meaning the water table, it's higher in your tree and everything. So, um, so then the way I planted my greenhouse tomatoes was that I calculated that when I planted my tomatoes in the greenhouse, not in, not in the ceilings, I looked at the moon, okay, it's going to be, so I, I calculated all that. And then basically, um, if I would plant the moon, the, my, my tomatoes when the moon was going down. So they would get a week or I'm not like three, four days with a good light from the moon. But then it, they would have like that week and a half, almost two weeks of darkness. So you know what happened during there? They would put good roots. They would not grow as fast. And then I had my first tomatoes very close to the ground. Now, if you planted at the beginning of the moon, um, the tomatoes will grow really fast and your tomato first, uh, your set of tomato will be a little higher. That's what I found. And that's what I did in Dominican. Here, I go by, by timing. It doesn't matter what the moon is doing. Uh, sorry, I, 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 I've missed the order, but let's start with you. I wanted to add on, on your, your average frost date plan to do some succession um, planting. So you'll, you'll have your average and the first couple of years trying to establish that mm -hmm. last date, plant it a little before that average, yeah. and then have some plants in reserve because you might get frosted out to plant after you've mm -hmm. gotten frosted out. So, so yeah, so one thing is, is that, so once you put your planting schedule, that's, but you know, the thing is, the planting schedule, uh, okay, I have, I, have, I have five minutes, and let me say this in one minute. Basically, I adjust my planting schedule, but once it's set, I do not touch my planting schedule. 
what I do do. Like I haven't plan I haven't touched the planting schedule that it was developed a long time ago at Eden Valley. What I do is that every year I write everything that I'm gonna plant, where I'm gonna plant it, and the amount of beds. So what I do is it creates a basically master plan, basically a database that I can go and say at the end of the year, say, you know what, we were short on peppers. I planted 6,000 plants this year. I need to plant 8,000. My market guy says, hey, we didn't sell much of that pepper. Let's, okay, let's plant less. I know exactly what's happening. I can control that. And we'll talk about that when it comes to optimizing your sales. And so, um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I live in Colombia. Yes. Um, I'm about to start a farm. I still haven't bought it yet, but I'm looking for a mm -hmm. plant. So uh, in Colombia, we don't have winter. We don't have snow. Yep. I think it's very similar to Europe. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, Dominica, yeah. So what is the advantage of growing inside, inside a greenhouse or yeah. without a yeah, so one, one thing is that the greenhouse effects is that you have lighting very unit. The uniformity of the lighting inside the greenhouse is huge. So because when it hits the plastic, it goes, it's, it's like, um, it's, it, yeah, it, it diffuses throughout. It's like, it's like this, you know. So, so basically, if you put that light bulb right here, I mean, that, that, that panel, if you put it out here, it will not illuminate as much as when it's in that up there. So, so basically, it, it diffuses throughout the plants. The other thing is, is that tomatoes do not like water overhead. So every time it rains, you're avoiding that part. So huge benefits, the lighting and the watering, especially for tropicals, very, very big. There, it's a lot, of, it's a lot easier. You just need the top. And then the sides, I, I used to do screens just to keep some main bugs out. But... Again, one thing is, is that people think as well that greenhouses are like this perfect heaven place to grow. It's not. Everything is, it's, it's big there, okay? Fungus, it it's grows really well. Insects, does very well. <laughs> I mean, everything does well there. So, um, but of course, huge, huge benefit when it comes to um, the growth of the plant and as well, the um, pro protecting it from the elements. So, because remember, before the flood, before uh, sin, water came from the bottom, not from the top. So, so rain is, is the worst thing that could happen to any farm. Uh, yes. So, uh, but very good. We are, yes, two minutes left. Yeah. And, and the best data guy or gal, it's your, your neighbor. You know, they, they, they have great source and, and, um, you know, if you go to an area, like if you go around here and you don't see apple trees, there is a reason for it. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, but, hey guys, thank you very much. We'll see you in like 10 minutes. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.